So how's your week been this week? Have you had any unmet expectations? Have you had anything kind of come out of nowhere that, that you weren't expecting? You know, I'm 47 years old now, and I, I ought to know this by now, but I keep waiting for the week when everything just flows. And all my expectations are met, and, and people do what I think they should do. But it never happens. Every week, every day, I find I have frustrations, unmet expectations. It never quite comes together. And at times I find myself asking, why? Have you ever done that? Why? You ever ask God that? God, you have the power. You could do something about this, but you don't. Why? And then the enemy comes in and he says things like, well, because he doesn't really love you. Or maybe he says, if you weren't such a mess up, yeah, remember that thing you did two days ago? Yeah, oh yeah, you know. Maybe not everybody knows, but you know. Well, it's because of that. If you would just be holier, if you would get your act together and quit sinning so much, you wouldn't have so many difficulties. Now, it's true our sin does have consequences, but the enemy wants to go beyond that. He wants to get to the place where we believe that God is just punishing us. Why does he want to do that? Because he wants to get us to a place of hopelessness. But here's what I want you to hear. Those things that the enemy is trying to use to get you to a place of holy of hopelessness, it's bait. Now the enemy's trying to use it for bait, okay, to try and draw you away, but I want you to hear this. God is also using it for bait. Because here's what he's after. God wants you to trust him. Like, that is the whole point of life. But you know what? Most of us don't understand that. I don't understand it a lot. Uh, because I keep reverting back to my old ways. You know what my old ways are? My old ways are that um, God. the point of life is that I would make God famous through my great life uh, and my life being so great that others would look and say, why is your life so great? And I would tell them, well, it's because of God. If you follow God, your life will be great like mine. And then everybody will follow God because they all want their life to be great. You know, I find I'm not the only person who thought that. It's interesting, when you look at Scripture, I find others. One of them I find is Peter. I mean, it's so, it was such a blessing that Jesus had Peter to try and straighten Jesus out. You know, when Jesus was talking about how things are going to end badly and he's going to die, Peter's like, no, that is not going to happen. I am not going to allow that to happen. And when Jesus is saying, everybody's going to deny me and fall away, Peter's like, don't be talking like that. I will never deny you. I will always be there. Jesus simply didn't understand. I mean, uh, his own brothers, they were like, hey, if you're going to be famous, you need to get out there. You need to quit hiding out in the woods and stuff like that. 
I mean, Jesus had all these people around him trying to help him. You know, we're similar to that. We're often in our hearts trying to tell the Lord what he needs to do if people are going to follow him. But he doesn't seem to be interested in it. He seems to continue to allow difficulty after difficulty in our lives and especially those who follow after him. It's as if he has a different goal in mind than we do. And I believe that's true. You see, God's goal is that you would trust him. How are you going to learn to trust him? You know how you learn to trust him? Experience. Experience. You have to go through difficulty after difficulty after difficulty and learn to trust him. But my problem is, is that when I go through difficulty, you know what I do? I come up with a better plan. I, that, that thing that happened, it's not going to happen next time. I'm going to come up with a better plan. Here's something that happened to me recently. So life has been very busy recently. Uh, I mean, I've been getting up three, four in the morning, and then I'm staying up super late because there, there are just tons of stuff going on. And as many of you know, I have animals and so before daylight, I'm out there in the dark feeding, letting the animals out, you know, taking care of things, keeping everything together so that I can have the perfect life. You know, I got the farm, uh, you know, doing ministry. I've got, you know, different jobs. I'm keeping it all together. And as I'm keeping it all together and, you know, just working everything out, one evening I'm out and I'm feeding and I'm going through the barn and I'm on my way to, you know, some kind of event afterwards. I don't know what it is. It's something. And I happen to notice there's a cow in the barn. Now, interestingly enough, the cows usually aren't in the barn. They're usually out in the pasture. And I'm like, huh, that cow's laying down over there. What's the cow laying down over there for? Maybe I'll go check it out. So I walk over there and I'm like, huh. That looks like a nose sticking out the back end of that cow and a little hoof, but there's also a tongue. It's just hanging out. And I'm like, oh, that's a calf, and that calf is not alive. And I'm like, why? And I go over there and I'm pulling, you know, trying, because, I mean, the cow's still in pain, right? The cow's. The calf's not alive anymore, but the cow is. And I'm pulling, and I get it partway out, and the cow's pushing. And I mean, it just, it's just not going very well. And, and, and as I'm pulling, I'm just mad, you know? Because the more I'm seeing of this calf, I mean, this was something that God created, and it should have been out walking around, and it's not. And I start getting mad. And I'm, I'm partly mad at God. I'm partly mad at myself. I'm like, God, why'd you allow this to happen? And then I start looking at myself and I'm like, you know, if I had been more aware, if I had had my eyes open, I probably would have spotted that this was about to happen and I could have done something, but I didn't. And I start going through this process. And then you know where I go? Well, you know, I, I bet why this happened. It was that sin, you know, a couple days ago. That one that just been on me for a while. I think this is probably punishment. You know, if, 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 I, if that hadn't happened, this would probably not be happening. 
Now, I know I'm the only psycho that goes through things like this, and, and you don't. But just in case there's one other person in here who has thoughts like this that the enemy tries to speak to. So I'm sitting there going through these things, and I'm like, why? Well, maybe you didn't go through that, but you've been through other things. And I want you to hear this. God wants you to trust him. That's what all of this life is about. And he wants to bring you to the point that you finally realize you don't have it all together. You're never going to have it all together. And you're never going to be able to do it yourself. God wants you to completely turn it over to him. Not just once. Okay. Not when you say, God, you know, I want you to be my Lord. He wants you to do that. But then it's kind of like marriage. You know, if you um, stood up and, and made a vow to someone and told them you loved them, it's not intended that that would be the last time you say that. Every day you get up, you got to choose, I made a vow, am I going to fall through? Am I going to love this person? Well, God wants to know, are you going to trust him? That's how we show our love for God. We trust him. And the way that he shows his love for us is he provides for us. But he's not going to provide in the way that you think. Because what happens when he does that is we start to think that we're God and he's like our little genie. And we just kind of tell him, you know, our prayer requests become, God, you need to do this, this, and this. But that's not what God's about. God is about being God. And he wants us to trust him. I want to look at a scripture. Uh, John 14.1 and we're really going to just focus on this single verse that captures what we've been talking about here. And right before this, um, in John, it's talking about what I was talking about earlier with Peter. Peter had been told that he was going to deny the Lord three times. And he's like, no way. I, there is no way that that's going to happen. You know, and, and again, I think about how in my life, I've had these ideas of how life is going to be. And, and if you had told me that life would turn out as it has, I would just be like, no way. That is impossible. But I find that I'm not unique in that. For those of us who've lived very long, that's how life goes. It's purposeful. God is after something. What's he after? Well, John 14, 1 says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Now, why does he say don't let your hearts be troubled? Because earlier in another, or I'm sorry, it's actually going to be later, John 16, he says, you will have trouble in this life, but take heart, I have overcome. So he says this because you are going to have trouble. And guess what? It's not going to just be once. It's going to be over and over and over, obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. It sounds like I'm really depressing, right? It doesn't have to be. That's what I want you to hear. It doesn't have to be. Because he says, don't let your hearts 
be troubled. You know what that means? It means you have a choice. But here is your choice. Your choice is to trust God. Okay, it's not a choice of, well, I'm going to just choose to be positive because positive people are happier. Okay, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about you can choose to trust God and in trusting God and trusting what He is after, what you can find is actual life, not just positive vibes. You can find actual life. That is what God is after. And so why are you going through the things that you're going through? Why are your expectations not being met? Because God is baiting you. Will you trust Him? Now, when you say, I trust you, God, does that mean that God's going to start answering your prayers the way that you want them answered and start giving you the life that's exactly how you want it? Probably not. Because here's what Peter wanted. What Peter wanted was for Jesus to continue doing the miracles that he was doing and that it would just continue to draw crowds and that from that, Peter would probably form an army and the army would take over the Romans and take over everybody and then Jesus would be king and Peter would be right there with him and he would have all kinds of wealth and everybody would be looking to him and life would be great. Well, the problem with that is that it wouldn't pay for the sins of anyone. And so in the end, it would end in death for everyone. So Jesus had a different plan that Peter didn't even understand because it wasn't even in the wheelhouse. And for many of us, that's what it's like when we come to Jesus. We don't even understand what life is all about. It's just this confusing, just wreck of a mess. And when Jesus died, they were in that same place. They were like, what is going on? I mean, I saw this guy raise people from the dead, and now he's dead. What's going on? He could have done something different. You're absolutely right, he could have. But he chose not to because he wanted to accomplish something that the others didn't see. God wants to accomplish something in your life that you're not completely seeing. And it's the same for me. And the way that I discover it is I continue to read the word over and over. And I continue to live life. And I continue to trust God with the things that are in my life. And from that, my perspective continues to open up more and more and more. You see, what Jesus was after was he was after to save people. And that meant that he had to allow himself to be killed so that he could rise from the dead and save people. Now, eventually he's going to do what Peter is after. He's going to return. He's going to be the king. He's going to rule. And that's the same for all of us. He's coming back. But it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's today. I don't know. But it hasn't happened yet. And so in the meantime, what is God after in your life? He's after you trusting Him. There's another scripture that I want to share with you in Romans that talks about this. Romans chapter 9, beginning in verse 30. Romans chapter 9, beginning in verse 30. 
And I'm going to read about four verses. I'm going to read through the end of chapter 9 through verse 33. So this is Paul talking. And in this, he's talking about the nation of Israel and their unbelief. And he's comparing it to the Gentiles, which is basically anybody who's not an Israelite. That's what he's talking about here. But I want you to listen to what he says, because there's some uh, principles in here that apply to what we're talking about. Verse 30 says, what does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. That is so unfair. I mean, how many things do you see in life that you're like, that is so unfair? They weren't even trying to follow his standards and yet, it says, they were made right with God. Well, it's because they didn't have the right perspective, just like we don't have the right perspective. And so, when we get to places and we're like, I don't understand, this doesn't seem fair, what's going on? Well, that's when we need to step back and say, okay, God, clearly, my whole perspective is just off would you open my eyes and show me what you're really after here? Because I think I'm after something that you're not. It goes on and it says, And it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. You ever feel like you're in that place? Have you ever felt like you are trying to please God and, you, and you're trying to get your life together and you're trying to do everything like you should do it and it's not coming together? You are never successful. Why not? Well, verse 32 says the same thing. Why not? And then it says this. Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law Instead of trusting in him, they stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I'm placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. So back up there, in uh, verse 32, I want to highlight again, they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of trusting in Him. I want you to hear this. Every one of us fall into that. We have a law that we make up in our minds. Maybe it was passed down to us from parents. Whatever it is. But in our minds, if we do this, this, and this, and we don't do this, this, and this, We'll be right with God and everything's okay. God wants to break you down. And He wants to break down your false concepts. And how's He going to do it? He's going to put things in your path. Now, in here, it's talking about Jesus. When we talk about the rock, he's talking about Jesus that he put in front of these Israelites. And they were either going to stumble or they were going to be saved by the rock. God is going to place things in your life. He's not going to make you sin. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. But he's going to put things in your life that, call you to, that cause you to stumble 
and you land on your face and you go, huh. And you got a couple choices at that point. You can stand back up and say, okay, I'm going to learn my lesson. All right. Next time, I'm going to slow down. I come to that rock. I'm going to move over here. And you start getting these plans of whatever it is to make life better. You're missing the whole point. What God is after is that you would trust him. That you would trust him. And so, what, what's he want you to do? He wants you to go to him and say, God, I am desperate. God, I need you. God, I need you to step into this situation. And if you're like me, you get tired of doing that. Like you just, you, you know, you don't mind doing it once or twice, but then you want things to smooth out. And what God wants is to, for you to be in a continual place where you constantly get up and you go, God, I can't do anything without you today. I need you to empower me. I need you to lead me. Lord, I need you to do everything. I got to tell you, my, my flesh and my pride don't like that. I, I want to be the guy who can do it all. And I find that is one of my biggest obstacles to knowing Jesus and knowing the power of his death and resurrection and knowing the freedom that comes from walking in him. It's my desire to have it all together, my desire to be competent and all those things. Now, it's not that we go out and try to fail. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we trust in God and we lean into him. So the things that are going on in your life right now, what's God after? OK, stop and ask what God's after. Don't just stop and say, how do I fix this problem? You know, we were in Sunday school this morning and we were looking at a scripture where um, some friends brought a guy who was paralyzed to Jesus. And instead of Jesus saying, you're healed, he says to him, your sins are forgiven. Why does he do that? Because here's the thing. Once again, the obstacles in your life are meant to draw you to Jesus. Because the real problem you have is your sin problem. It's not just you getting some things hammered out and fixed and so on. But that's where we're at. We want to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, fix this so that I can go back to living my life. And Jesus is saying, child, I want you to stay right here. You can't live your life without me. Now, Jesus also healed that person. And he does that. He brings us healing. But I want you to hear this. God's not going to leave you in a place where you feel like you don't need him. He's going to draw you back over and over by allowing things to be placed in your life. Now, again, you've got to choose. Am I going to trust God? And in order to do that, here's another thing. I, and we've talked about this, but I want to come back. The same bait that God's going to use, the enemy's going to try and use. And he's going to try and say, God doesn't love you. And he's going to try and say, well, this is because you're such a bad person. If you got your act together, these things wouldn't be happening. But you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice that those are lies. That's not congruent with the word. I'm going to listen to what God says. And I'm going to choose to trust him.
God is powerful enough to bring you through this life into his presence. But your part is to choose to trust him. So will you choose to trust him? If you've never given your life over and saying, God, I surrender, that's the first thing that needs to happen. If you're in Romans and you flip over to chapter 10, verse 9 says this, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. That's how you're made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Have you ever openly declared that? If not, you need to. That's the first step. Now, if you've openly declared it, you know what you need to do? Openly declare it again. And then tomorrow, you know what you need to do? Openly declare it again. Every day, every moment, God, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this, but I'm going to trust in you. God is baiting you. Will you trust him? One last thing I want to go to, I want to go back to Peter. If you go back to the end of John, you will find the Lord asking Peter three times, do you love me? What he's doing there is drawing Peter in. For Peter to say, okay, God, I'm not going to do what I think I should do anymore. Because that's what Peter was doing. Now he's saying, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. That's what God is after in you. He's not after you telling him your plans and you know, how you're going to you know, do these great things for him. He's after you coming to him and just listening. Lord, what are you after in my life? How do you want to use me? I trust in you. The bait is there. The choice is yours. Lord, thank